that's uh, Mandy's here. She's coming from the House of Comedy, which means Francis is here. So we're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we're going to have from the House of Comedy, Francis DiLorenzo. You're listening to This American Podcast, Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com. I, uh, I don't know the title of that song, so we're going to call it uh, Rob's Long Song. What's the name of it, Rob? Numb. 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 Like N-U-M or N-U-M-B? B. B. Okay, so it's a literate loud long song. Yeah. Who does it? Uh, Gary Clark Jr. Gary Clark Jr., not Guy Clark. No. Guy Clark plays Americana music. Yep. So, uh, all right. So you know what happened yesterday. Uh, by the way, you're listening to This American Podcast, Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com. What happened yesterday was uh, Shirley, our producer, said we need some new music because we had some really cool music that I like, like Colin Wolf and Muddy Waters and stuff like that, like 50s R&B. Uh, and, uh, um, but we need new music. And she put Rob in charge of downloading it, and he downloaded um, new stuff, which is very good, but which I don't know. So I'm learning. I'm learning from the young people. Uh, and I'm going to learn something now. I'm going to learn what a, what a friend of mine has been doing for uh, the last uh, a few decades. We have in studio someone who uh, we, we kind of started out together uh, in Los Angeles. Can I say in the 80s? Can yeah, I, someone bring her microphone around? For this me, is, good. is this my microphone? No, no, here, there's oh, your this microphone. this is what, that's there what that we go. Oh, wow, okay. look at that. Tony, uh, you're so fancy. We got fancy microphones. You're fancy. This is a fancy place. We went fancy. We said, if we're going to have a studio, we're going to get fancy. Oh, I thought you were going to say, if we're going to have Francis in the house, we got to get fancy. That's right. We get fan- fancy for Francis. Fancy Francis. Uh, you know, I started in the late 80s. I think you were around maybe a little bit. Um, yeah. I think you had I a little more experience than I did. Mid 80s, yeah. Um, so, but that's where we crossed paths, and we were running in that same circle for quite a while. I, um, I, I was living in Hollywood. I moved to uh, Torrance, California for a while. And uh, we both knew a guy uh, who's still around named Danny Mora. Right. And he uh, had a, a, a club in Long Beach called the Golden Sales. That's right. Which only ran Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. There was no cover charge, and it was always full. It was Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I have no idea. Really? Yeah, wow. That's so it. early and week was a big t- big time back then. That's That was right at the peak of the stand-up comedy boom. And uh, Rich Jenny, Vic Dunlop, Rich Scheidner, uh, you know, famous guys. Big guys. Big guys. Big guys at the time would come down and do it for, like, no money. You know, he'd pay you. Danny Moore's famous line, he'd come up and shove 25 bucks in there and go, there you go, I wish it was less. And uh, Okay, let's stop right there. You got $25. Sometimes 50. (laughs) (laughs) That really upsets me. I know. He would shove $5 in my hand. Yeah. I guess you were, you know, 20 uh, or five times funnier than I was. That's a math joke. That's Tony. a math, yeah. Just I'm learning Just because my kids are into Common Core, so I'm just. <laughs> we're gonna get into we'll get into that for a minute. But then, where uh, you and I uh, really got to know one another is that Danny then put me in charge of about a thirty to fifty seat room in the in a, a bar in a restaurant in Westminster, California, called the Court of St. James. Yeah. Okay, and it was like fifty seats tops. And he told me he says you're gonna learn everything you need to know about comedy. You're going to take the tickets. You're going to seat the people. You're going to host the shows. You're going to set up the sound. And what he kept in, in charge of was the lineup. And every Friday and Saturday, when when I was in off the road, I would run that. And it was you 
and me and Kurt Matthews. And do you remember Dave Maxey? Dave Maxey. Who, I'll have to fill you, he's just making a comeback. I just ran into him last week. and Don't call it a comeback. He's making a comeback, Dave Maxey? Yeah, he pulled out of the whole uh, comedy world. He married, he married a, a doctor. That's why, I think. Wasn't it? His, his, I don't think she's a doctor, but... Maybe an anesthesiologist. Maybe a drug dealer. <laughs> maybe, a, yeah, maybe a wino. I, I don't know. I don't remember what she does. I don't think she's in the medical field, though. I don't think. All I know is we drove back from a San Diego gig one night, and I was dropping Mike Munley off. Oh, my gosh. At the name Dave Maxey's house. And Dave Maxey lived in this giant house. Yeah. And it was because his wife did something. But it was good for him. Or somebody did talking, something. I don't know. Are you talking are we talking about the same guy? That yeah. doesn't sound like the same guy. Maybe it's... The Phil Collins looking guy? Yeah. He lived in a big house with a... Oh, wait a minute. Maybe this is before my time because he had gotten divorced. He was married. Maybe that's the first wife? Could be. I don't know. Could Anyways, be. I will talk to him. I actually invited him out here this this uh, week. I would have loved to have seen him. Wouldn't Charles Cozart? Been, Do you remember Charles? That name I don't remember. Yeah. The Jerry Miner? Jerry Minor, of course, yeah. yeah. He's married he, now. He's uh, like a Christian comic guy. Yeah, well, that's good because he was kind of a jerk to me back then. So maybe, <laughs> he can, maybe he found his way. <laughs> so you're at the House of Comedy this week. This is your first time back in Phoenix in, in a long time. In about 15 years, I'm going to think, because uh, my oldest son is 13, and wow. I don't recall being here without uh, when I had kiddos. But, you know, I used to do this, you know, this was a big area for me for many, many years. Yeah. I worked at uh, the Tempe Improv, and then I worked at the Knuckleheads inside that center right outside of uh, um, uh, Arizona State. Then I worked at, um, God, there was another club. Uh, um, Maybe before, there was Chuckles at one time, Seekers, there was a was Laugh there like Laugh. A z- something with a Z, Zonkers, or something like that in Scottsdale? Or what was that called? Anyways, yeah. yeah, I came out. It seemed like I was out here uh, like a number, like you know, two or three times a year, and then and it, then nothing. Yeah, it was like the town had become like an episode of Highlander. There can be only one, and there was just one club. I guess. And now there's a um, we're going through a comedy renaissance. Yeah. And what I love about what's happening, especially with uh, we were talking about this yesterday on the show, how with uh, with Rick Bronson and Tammy. Uh, uh, who uh, uh, Rick's wife is his? Uh, I don't know who would work with their wife. That's insane. So um, <laughs> I live uh, with my husband. Yeah, uh, it's almost yeah. the same. So um, uh, that she ha- she's really proactive in in unique, fun bookings. You know, uh, we, we've seen so many people who who um, wouldn't be here for a lot of reasons having nothing to do with them uh, uh, being funny. They're very funny. And uh, just you go, wow, they're really, they're really ahead of the game. They're really in touch with what's going on and what people are going to like. And not only presenting people what they want, but here's some, present them with comics going, here's something that you want once you see it. So uh, really unique bookings. And that's why I'm so happy to see that you were coming in. I got oh, like, um, I actually screwed up. I was talking to some people at another club and I go, man, I'm jazzed. You're bringing Francis in. They go, who? And I said, Fran, they go, we don't know who you're talking about. Uh, they go, Oh, it's one of the other clubs. Oh, that's so funny. Great yeah. way to plug me, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get so, me in. Who is, that, who is that person that Tony was talking about? The other people got her. We need her. That's I Do that more often, would you? I will. We do we, we do it every day. We, we'll, <laughs> well, you know what? We're going to change the name of the station to the Francis D. Lorenzo Radio.com. Perfect. I love the way you think, Tony. Yeah. You're yeah. such a good businessman. I, I am. I'm a thinker. <laughs> I'm a th- so you you kind of stopped doing clubs a while back and started doing what colleges? Well, I stopped. Well, of course, this was uh, again 
15 years ago. I, you know, I veered in from the clubs as we were all, you know, we're yeah. open micers and building and growing and taking whatever you could. And back in those days, oh my God, right? It was horrible. I, I was depressed on the road because they put us in these slime bucket condos, right? And pay me $300 a week to middle cost me $400 in airfare to get there. And then so. you had to bar the door from the feature act. Oh my gosh, you had, yeah, right? I, yeah. Listen, okay, we're going to tell that stories. All the time too. Yeah. Okay, so I'm a neat freak. Mandy and I were talking about this, uh-huh. and uh, I was grossed out by the condos, but of course, you know, I can't demand anything, but I wanted to grow as a comic, so I was taking whatever I could. I would pack my own towels and my own sheets because these condos were so disgusting. And I kept that as a secret because I thought everybody would judge me, but I was like, I don't want to be grossed out on the road, so I would go into the con because. Let's be honest. I mean, some people that own some of these clubs would just put you in these hell holes. And so to keep my own sanity, I would just bring my own towels and sheets and I'd change them out and try to find my way of making peace with being on the road. But I was depressed. And then I'm, I'm in a condo with smokers and cokeheads and I didn't do any of that. Um, you know, I'd call my husband and he's like, well, then just quit, you know. So fortunately, I got into the college market and started making a lot of money. And then I could finally say, I'm not going to do any clubs that don't put me in a hotel. I want to be able to lock my door at the end of the night, call my husband, meet up with comics during the day. But then, you know what? I'm grown up. I need to have my space. Yeah. So, I mean, how long did you, so a lot, did you ever like the refrigerator? Yeah, that was condo. another thing. See, like you're bringing me back to the nightmare things. of this life. You're going to be like a foot. Thank God. Yeah. It's, you know, I love Tammy and Rick, and let's give them a shout out for having class and raising the bar and, and making, you know, bringing some professionalism into this industry. Because yeah. I told Tammy, I love you to death, but I do, you guys do condos, and I'm, I just have a rule. I just don't stay in condos. Well, Tammy's condos are not. Yeah. They are like hotel. Yeah, they're like high end apartments. They're, yeah, they're maintained. They're, there's nothing growing in the refrigerator, like you said. You know, uh, yeah. There's no random people on the couch and they're fruit of the looms. Did you ever stay? God, I miss those days. I, I, stayed, I stayed in a couple of condos where you were actually in the owner's house. You know, I don't know how you did that, Tony. I just don't <laughs> know how you did that. Well, I was always, you know, in those days, I was like scarier than they were. You know, cause yeah, I, I you had, were a tough cookie, man. Uh, You're a guy. You didn't care. You know, and most people were like you. I was the prissy one. Yeah. I was the closet prissy suburban chick who probably people never thought that I would stick around and last it out. But I did. So screw you, did. you all. You did. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not angry or bitter, but, you know. <laughs> well, not only not only have you, have you stuck around and stuck it out, you've, uh, you've become something of a... Um, of an internet. Well, first of all, I, before we get to the internet thing, yeah. here's the thing we want to talk about, okay? And I didn't know this because I'm not going to... I'm wondering what it is. I'm not going to say <laughs> that I'm too good to watch these shows, uh-huh. okay? Because... I'm, oh, you're going to bring up Real Housewives of Orange County. I'm bringing up Real Housewives uh, of Orange know. County. Well, here's a story on that. I, uh, I live in Orange County, and I actually am really good friends with the creator that started that entire nightmare right uh scott dunlop mm-hmm. um conceived and created the show the original and that's real, the original one right the original is the real house eyes of orange county he pitched it to several networks bravo bit it uh he did one season it turned out to be a hit i met him at the end of 
season one, I was doing an event. And I said, you should put me on it. It'll be great. And he's like, yeah, I think you should. And I thought he was doing the nice, nice thing. Well, anyways, it turned out to be a hit. And so from then on, our, we, we really started clicking. And he's been trying to get me on that show. Bravo does not want me on the show. I have submitted and submitted season after season after season. They look at me. They don't. They want the same cookie cutter thing. But I have taped with them over the years because I know all the women they did an episode I don't know if you ever saw this one where Slade was a stand-up comedian I was headlining that night so I was coaching him sure my my wife knows do you watch those did you see Slade and Gretchen yeah so I was headlining and and there was a scene where he came in and he was meeting with professional comedians and we're kind of helping him write material and all that kind of stuff I told him do not do the Miss Piggy joke he didn't want to listen you know what I mean yeah i was like don't do that that's just mean you know and then so anyhow i mean there's funny and then there's mean it's just like uh, but it was horrible and uh so anyways i headlined that night but they they don't know that because they cut me out so they you know and i i taped a couple other episodes where we met up and uh different stuff so that's my story with the housewives so how do they cat? Do they look for like the most horrible person? Are these people as horrible as they seem? I think are, they are work they, on that. They work. <laughs> look, I was I was briefly yeah. involved with a, a briefly involved with a, a reality show they tried to do out here called Sunset Days, where they went to Sun City and they were finding old people to do what they wouldn't do on their bucket list. One guy to be oh. a stand-up comic. Oh, so wow. uh, the show got taken over by a different producer in mid-production. Uh, it, it, they changed it into something else other than it was, and it didn't last. But I, so the guy came to me to learn how to be a stand-up comic. Yeah. And at one point, I'd given him an assignment, and the next week he comes in, and he looks at me, and Dad cameras and goes, I didn't do the assignment. I just didn't feel like it. I don't feel like I need to. And I go, well, you know, he's an old guy. And I go, well, that's okay. We'll still work on So they all cut. The producer pulls me around the corner and goes, that man just disrespected you. He goes, you're the man when it comes to comedy. We searched. And we found you. Uh-huh. And we know that you're the man. And this guy is just taking everything he does and spit it right in your face. He goes, how does that make you feel? And I look at him and I go, buddy, you can say whatever you want to me. You're not going to get me to be mean to an old man on national television. Good for you. So but Yes, exactly. You, you're right. They, they, they do that. They push you. I did another show. I've done a number of television uh, reality shows, actually. I did one. Really? Of- Which ones? Well, uh, I had my own um, uh, secret life of a soccer mom when my kids were younger. Um, Uh And that was an episode of, um, you know, moms that had very interesting careers and then kind of gave them up because they had children. Yeah. So I never really gave up comedy. That's where they kind of bent the story a little bit. And I even told them, I go, you guys, I never really gave it up. Did I put it on the back burner a little bit so I could go into labor? Yeah. But you know what I mean? So I just worked locally instead of traveling for a couple years. So I kind of pulled back. So it was the bringing back these women into their dream career that they had built. And then at the end of the series, and of course, they'd set up these really overly produced segments of leaving the husband home and the husband can't handle it and you know oh my god and you know the fake drama uh, and then at the end of the show like you know we're going to give you a tour do you want to go on tour or do you want to stay you have to make the choice between career and kids and my whole thing was you don't have to choose between you can do both which uh-huh. is what i've done so that was one that was uh, an entire series that aired on tlc and then uh, just last was a year ago I did another one with my kids um, with um, Marky Costello who is Abbott Costello's granddaughter we were just talking about Abbott Costello isn't that yeah. crazy yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and and so anyways she managed my boys who are now doing stand-up at 
Your sons nothing. are doing stand-up. Yeah. yeah. They started at 8 and 9, and now they're... Uh, I mean, but, you know, we were talking about that. We can talk about that in a minute because this should be more a little bit about me. And <laughs> <laughs> things haven't changed, have they, Tony? No. Because <laughs> they have just gotten right, Mandy. We're uh, Mandy's with the club, and she's running me all over, and we have just we, been promoting kids like We have a name for her, like, like a Game of Thrones name. What's her that? name would be Mandy the Baby Maker. Mandy, yeah, she made a cute baby though. Did you? I just it's, it's like a fully completed, like oh, a like a grown up person who's small. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't see that. And she that's went, an old soul. So that means he's got. Yes, uh, he's yes, got that's that. what he is. It's like he looks at you with eyes like not like with like goofy kid eyes. Like what is? Uh, like what? he knows his stuff already. He knows his stuff. Yeah, and she was telling us a couple weeks ago that she has baby fever. Yeah, she did. I just told her we we were getting along so well, and then I told her to hold off on it making a second baby. So now we're not speaking to each other anymore. You know, it would be a horrible combination as far as fevers go, don't you? What's that? Baby fever and Bieber fever. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be a bad mix. Yeah, that'd be horrible. That is a yeah, bad she, mix. Oh, she's showing Manny's oh showing you a picture gosh. of her baby. He's like an old man. So yeah. cute. Yeah. His actually, eyes are so dynamic. There's so many stories in his eyes. Can't he's already just, 35. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You can see that in some babies. Yeah. You can see, like, this kid knows stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I was his age, I was, like, older, too, because I was already smoking and doing coke. So. <laughs> that sounds like you. <gasps> oh, yeah. oh, my God. Okay, people, you guys can't see this, but, oh, my gosh, I'm seeing. Look. Look inside the look inside the sound booth. Like, I mean, oh, my gosh. Mandy, send us the picture, and we'll put it up. Okay. That okay. one is a yeah. that is a definite put yeah. it up. That's so. a good looking boy right there. If you're down oh. south, you go, no, that's a good looking boy. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a good looking boy there. You know, she yeah. wants to have more babies. I just, yeah, she does. I was telling my son about her, and she wants babies. <laughs> and I said, they should get, we're going to have a big cookout Saturday, maybe. Come on over here and... And create another human being. Yeah, maybe something else. Let's just make another human being. She's got a baby fever. She's got a good baby maker. And you've had a cold. (laughs) (laughs) So you both want to lay down. So, so you've done. So, what other reality shows have you done? Oh, so then there was uh, this one with Marky Costello, who's uh, related. Not Marky Mark. No, very different. (laughs) He doesn't like it if you call him that. Oh, he doesn't. No, he hates it. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah. I don't run into Marky Mark, so I wouldn't know. But um, so anyways, yeah, we did one of those. But oh, so we were talking about how fabricated these are. So I was doing a scene with them and I'm supposed to be the momager, right? And managing my kids. Yeah. And we're at a seminar. Mom, what was the term you just it's used? It's called a momager. A momager. Instead, yeah, I, you've been out of Hollywood a little too long. Yeah, so yeah, yeah that's the yeah. new term, momagers. So moms managing their kids. So, you know, I was there and uh, and so we do this whole thing. And there's all these moms in there. And I know in order to, again, keep your foot into those shows, you know, we've, we're supposed to be asking questions. And there's some moms that were having a little bit of, uh, you know, tension that had done other scenes without me. And then we cut. And the producer's like, okay, that was a three. I need an 11. I need a 12. Let's retake this. So I go back in there and I'm thinking, okay, I, I'm not going to lie. I was whoring myself out. Okay, I, you know, I want yeah. the credit. I, want, I don't want to be cut out of this one again. So, of course, I get in there and I start yapping with this lady. And, and she was pimping her daughter out to producers to try to move ahead in Hollywood. And I, you know, and before you know it, a woman I've never met, I'm like, well, geez, you look like you, what you're, you look like you've got a drug problem. And she's like, well, what's wrong with you? You're skinny. Do you do drugs? And I'm like, you know, you look like you got, you just got off heroin. I'm like slamming. You're like a cokehead. What are you, a coke mom? Are you a meth mom? I, I've never met a woman. I would never say that to somebody. Yeah, no, that's not. Yeah. But you're doing that. I'm doing it because I was, again, being a desperate uh, a know, desperate housewife. A desperate housewife for a stupid lame credit. So I for 
I, I beg for everyone's forgiveness. But you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. That's what's not real. You, yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't, let's say most people would not walk into a seminar and just meet a woman an hour before and all of a sudden go, well, you look like a meth mom. Is that why you don't have any teeth? Jeez, you know, the black circles under your eyes. Like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm gonna... I mean, that's the weird thing with reality shows. So if I watch Desperate Housewives, uh, which I, I never watch enough. Uh, you mean the house, Real Housewives, not Desperate Housewives. No, I'm talking about like a, a regular uh, oh, the real... a scripted show. Yeah. And I never watched a whole episode of that either. I'd watch it and go. Uh, I'm not a woman. I'm not gay. This doesn't interest me. I so, think that men can suck in. My husband watches all those things, too. He watches. Yeah, you might, might want yeah. to be taking a second look at him. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, but I mean, I never look at that and go, that's her. Oh. That's her. There might be some human truth in a, in a well-scripted series. But the problem with reality shows is if I saw you on that, I go, that's her. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be really you, but they're oh, not you're real. Saying people, you're saying people will see that and go, wow, she's just a, am I allowed yeah. to say bad words on this? You are, yeah. Yeah, she's just a bitch. And and um, I, I think I think there's an element of truth, and then it just gets really forced. First of all, they feed you drinks left and right so that you get to the point where you just don't care. So I think some of those arguments and cat fights are, are rooted in truth and tension, but they're they're almost pushed. I mean, they're really they really it it's the devil. Let's just say yeah. reality show is the devil, yeah. and they're everywhere so. now. So you did the devil. Yeah, I did the. That's devil. right. That'll be your, that'll be your takeaway line from yeah, the show. Francis DiLorenzo. She did the devil. Sold. Yeah. I sold a piece of my soul, not the yeah. whole thing. So. Um, but yeah. what's gotten you? What's gotten you the most as far as as far as eyes on sight, so to speak? So the reality shows has been uh, some YouTube videos. Yeah, I yeah. did pretty good with that YouTube thing. Over three million hits. Yeah, almost on four. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. That was really fun. Uh, I don't know that I was doing that bit back when you and I were around. I don't. You weren't. You weren't. There no. was. Yeah. You know what I do remember? What so do you funny, remember? When you uh, brought up uh, the Court of St. James, which I had forgotten that name. Yeah. But I do remember her. <laughs> this is so stupid. I remember walking in. I made my first prop, and I'm not a prop comic, although I do some physical comedy. We were talking about earthquakes, and I read that, you know, if you stand in a doorway, that's the safest place to be during an earthquake. Well, in Southern California, that happened all the time. So I made a portable earthquake protector. Do you remember that thing? I do. <laughs> <laughs> it was a portable I called it the portable earthquake protector and it was a I built it it was a and I cut it it was a partial door jam that you could carry around with you and just hold it over your head in case there was an earthquake <laughs> <laughs> you know who was the the resident prop comic first was a guy named Pat Hannafin you remember Pat yeah where they had some sort of extendo hand thing and stuff I don't remember that that particular bit but uh, pat was always unique and fun and i i kind of crossed paths with him again about i don't know tw 10 years yeah, ago. yeah so did i so did yeah. i ran into him and uh, so i don't know if he's still kicking around i kind of you know because i book stuff and i brought him into my shows a little bit and he uh, he had made a bunch of money making some surf shirts yeah. or surf thing and then was, lost it all oh did he yeah and okay. um but one of those guys, like one of those surf guys going oh, i lost all the money and um i'm doing this other thing now yeah, you know, just he was always really laid back. But you know, we Super were all the, the, the cool thing about that particular. And it was only like a year, a year and a half or so that uh, that thing went on. Which it, one? The Court of St. James. Oh yeah, because it was in a lounge in a nice restaurant. But we were, you know what we we, we were all at the same times. level. Yes. of that's what it was. We were all at the same level. We were of all growing. hungry, and we were all kind of growing as a group. It was really, yeah. really, really good yeah. times, and we probably didn't even appreciate it that much. I felt like the newbie because I. I came in and I thought that you guys had all been, you know, a formed buddy group already. 
But then I kind of came in and I was embraced and it made me feel good. But I mean, you're right. It was Dave Maxey, you, um, Jet Matthews. Yeah, Jet yeah, Kurt yeah, Matthews. Yeah. Um, Jerry Minor on a pretty regular basis. See, I never got that close to Jerry Minor, yeah. but I mean, I did. No, there know. was a group. Of, like, I wasn't really part of the Orange County group, but I was like a, an honorary member with you guys because it was that whole yeah, group of you guys. It seemed like it, though. Cause yeah, you're Mike Munley was uh, also oh, yeah. around all the oh, time. Oh, wait, who was the other guy? There was another guy. Dang. He kind of looked like you, the same body type. And oh, he w- and he ended up booking a lot of stuff. Darn it. I'm picturing his face. Let's oh, move man. on. We'll be here for now. Wasn't uh, when Tom, you know, people always confuse Tom McTeague and I when I don't have a beard. No, Tom yeah. McTeague, isn't he, is he out this way too? Isn't he in Phoenix? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't live out here. No, but he's he's around. I see Tom. Tom McTeague, I did the the Tempe show with. That's why I was uh-huh. thinking he was here. He was that's on the. Right. Yeah. That's where we first got to know each other, and that's really the the only time. No, oh darn it. Maybe sometime while we're chatting, it'll come, come to back it. to me. Yeah. yeah. And but he started booking rooms. This guy that I'm talking about, he started booking different rooms. Everybody started doing a little bit of something. Yeah. Well, you do whatever you can to like keep yourself in the game. You know, we see a lot of that uh, here in this town. I mean, there's like a. Not only are there, you know. Um, uh, several full-time comedy clubs in town along with the casinos and theaters and stuff here yeah but oh, a lot of great. the uh, um a lot of the uh, uh newbies or startup people uh-huh. uh book their own stuff as a matter of fact it's like at, at house of comedy rick and tammy give a lot of an opportunity i think um some of the guys they come up with local theme shows sure and they'll do them there on a tuesday when they're not doing um the contest is still going on right mandy yep. at rick brown's uh, we're in the semifinal. We have one more week of the semifinals, and then we have the finals on the twenty fourth. Yeah, and uh, uh, we're putting. You know what? We're putting money on John Gregory this time. No, Michael no. Longfellow is going to win it. Michael Longfellow. That's, who, that's what I'm going for. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you know what's cool about that, by the way, is that both of them started out as students of mine. So is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, very yeah. Cool. Which is one of the reasons why I never went down to judge the contest. You know, you guys were kind enough to ask me to come down and judge the contest, and I said it'd be weird since i've had this workshop in town for like yeah. 15 years right. and i go then if i choose anyone i used to run a contest in town where i wouldn't go into building you know i go i'm not going to go in there because then people think that i chose then i realized that people were going to say whatever they wanted to anyway yeah, sure and then when it's my building i'm going in but it could be mike longfellow I'm, it could be john gregory i'm really going for him this year but you're going for him you know why because he kind of looks like Justin Bieber, and you have the baby fever and the Bieber <laughs> fever. It all you came full have, circle. You have, he's just good. Yeah, he's just good. And, and, he, and he this sa- is—is is this the one the uh, the funniest person with a day job? Yeah. yeah. That's what a great theme. Yeah. And he's such a good-looking kid, Michael Longfellow. He's, and he's so young, and he's so talented at 22. Yeah. And we're talking about his comedy, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's good. He is. He is. He is. Um, <laughs> I would like to point out, I was one of the first to notice Michael and go, this guy's... And I sat down, I go, you got something, now don't fuck up. Yeah. That's what I told him. And uh, um, he still got something, but he... <laughs> I, I said, don't do... I go, look at it, everything that everybody's doing stupid. Don't do that. I go, and as soon as you can get out of town, get out of town, go to Los Angeles, go to New York, go someplace, you're young good-looking guy there's a lot of things you can do and you got to go you got to go there and try to do it so hopefully he'll do that but yeah so you're saying mike longfellow is going to win the contest uh, i i hope 
I love everybody, and I hope that if they're listening, they know that I'm like not paying It's dangerous to say when you have baby fever that you love everybody. <laughs> oh, I love them all, and I really wish them all the best, but I just think that if anybody out of that whole contest deserves it the most, it's Michael Longfellow. Do you realize that of uh, the three or four major contests that, I'm sorry, Francis, we've veered off in a local. I'm event. fascinated. Okay. I'm just listening. It's of, all good. Of the three or four lo- uh, big local contests that take place in town uh, in the last couple of years, that John Gregory's come in second. Second. He came in second last year. Yeah, and he comes in second always to either someone who is Asian or gay or a gay Asian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. so uh, he's trying to get all the gay Asians out of town so he can win a contest. Yeah. So uh, I always hated contests. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. The comedy contests. Yeah, I, I really too. do because, you know, uh, and I haven't been watching this, but did you because i think like it's not the same as sports not you know you're gonna say i'm gonna do a comedy contest and um and maybe it's because i never won one but (laughs) just kidding i actually did one um but i never did but you know think about it okay so in sports you say we're gonna do the long jump so everybody does the long jump the same standards same everything you don't say we're gonna have a sports contest and one person is doing soccer and one person is doing football yeah whereas with comedy you're like we're having a stand-up comedy so you got prop comics you got physical comics you got model uh monologists you've got you know yeah people have stolen their entire act totally yeah yeah and oftentimes there was a problem in those days there would be someone who had ripped off an entire act and, yeah. and they would win so i just never i just never so when i the reason i brought that up is you're just saying there's this guy that what has always is always placing second yeah that must be frustrating for him but i'm gonna say to him who gives a crap you're good yeah. and you're you're getting up there and and the the winning or losing doesn't really matter because i think in stand-up it's one of the weirdest things to have a contest. It's good because it, it's a promotion and it gives you stage time. So go for it, but don't put a whole lot of weight on whether you win and if you win a certain place or you don't. Well, you know, I, gosh, that sounded I, so motherly of me. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So, so let me say a couple things on that. That uh, I always tell, I, I get a call, especially around the time that uh, your your contest starts. Funniest person with day job every Tuesday right now at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, fifty three fifty East High Street. Go to houseofcomedy.net. Um, see, wow, see, that I, was beautiful. Yeah, I'm good. So at that. seamless. I'm good. You know, I was on FM for a while, and that's all we did. So uh, uh, that, and let's have some stories about fart. So, uh, and I went, I can't do this, man. So uh, I'm 60. I'm not doing this. Right. So um, uh, what I what I tell them when they call me, and I go, look, it's about process. Find out how you are going to react when something's on. Like you go down and do a local open mic night. Nothing's on the line. It's you and your buddies, and you're all drinking, and no one's being paid, sure. and no one's listening, you know, and uh, nothing's on the line. Or even if you get a job as an opening act, we, we know you're going to be the opening act, and this is what you're going to do. There's something on the line. But on a contest, something's on the line. Something psychologically mm-hmm. shifts. How do you react inside? Do you become that person who snaps? If, if you become that person who kind of collapses in on yourself? Are you Whatever your problems are as a performer are going to be highlighted, mm-hmm. okay? And then that way you can learn, oh, I didn't realize that when I got three minutes that I talk super fast and trip over my words because I'm in a hurry. I didn't realize I do that. Now that I know I do that, learn how to yeah. do that. And what I like about Rick's contest as opposed to other contests, um, no one's down there uh, acting like... One of the things that I think you and I didn't like about certain contests that, that went on in Southern California in the 80s was the arrogance of the people that ran the contest were people who knew nothing about comedy 
and were kind of jerks, or that's what I encountered, and made you feel bad and kind of treat you like a trained monkey. And we don't. I, see I didn't even. Yeah, I didn't even do contests in the beginning. I just didn't, and then I tried to. And you know, I mean, when you reference that, I'm thinking. Were they really doing it for the benefit of the comics, or were they doing it yeah. because they were they? They're and like, hey, I can make some money off of this. Yeah, and that's Let's the see. difference that I see with what Rick does, and with with a couple other contests in town. But I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about Rick. <laughs> with uh-huh. the difference yeah. there is, they are actually looking for people to move to the next level. And they're, they're nurturing that. They're nurturing that. Yeah. yeah, and they're making it fun for everyone. I've had a couple people. I go, man, I go go down there. You have a good time. You'll network. I had one guy call me up and go, well, they got almost like professional, because there's some people in town that are known. John Gregory's known in town. Michael Longfellow's known in town. And the guy goes, they're like, yeah, Gene Moore, they're known in town. And they go, well, they're almost like, they're professionals. And I go, well, John Gregory, half professional, because he works and gets paid a lot. Right. See, here's what I, uh, sorry, I'm just like in this. Um, okay. Yeah. So I what water. I have to say about that is not all of them are, we have Eric Subcheck, who is not a professional, that just went to the finals. Yeah. And when you are uh, talking about the reaction, um, yeah, thing, he had the best reaction for a situation that happened to him last week. He, so uh, Corey McCloskey is the one that does the hosting for We've the contest. We got Fox Ten News every morning. Yeah. Yeah, and so he was doing the hosting. Well, we give him a list, and he screwed up the list, and he announced that he's like all right we've got one more comic coming up Anwar Newton so Anwar gets up he's supposed to be the last comic gets up and does a stand-up well he forgot Eric subject mm. uh, who is not not very many people know him he's he's young he hasn't been doing it long but he got up there and instead of being mad like some yeah. of the comics would have been that he was forgotten mm-hmm. on the list he got up there and he made the best joke went on to the finals because of that joke he got up there and he said you know, you can expect that from a weather guy. You know, like, oh, it's going to rain today. Oh, wait, no, it's sunny. Oh, we've only got one comic. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, we've got another one. Like, and he was just, like, making it, and he did it so well. And it mm-hmm. was just, that's what, that's why that contest is, so like, good, yes. in my opinion. Because they, these comics that are going through, like, not all of them are professional. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Jonathan Gregory's known. Gene well, Moore's known. The, but the, the contest is called Funniest, per, Funniest Comic with a Day Job. Yeah. 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 So it's a fun contest on Tuesday nights. And if, you, if you're looking for something to do on Tuesday nights besides take a stand-up comedy workshop at ComedySchools.com, you should go down to Rick Bronson's Or, uh, you know, searching yeah. YouTube for FunnyFrancis.com. I want to take a brief break, and then, and then I, I want to get, get to uh, boobies, and I'm going to tell you why, uh, because I'm a man. No, I want to get to boobies because I, I started watching a video, and it was one of those things where I go, it wasn't I didn't say I'm not going to laugh. It's one of those things where I just found my, all of a sudden I realized that I was laughing. It's one of those where you realize you're laughing. There's you're some like, things oh, where, brother, what is Francis doing? No, no, and it then wasn't you realize. That. No, there's certain jokes where you're laughing and you're aware, you're, and all of a sudden I realized I was mm-hmm. laughing, and I was laughing more and more, and the way you build it, you know, and I want to talk, what I want to talk to you about, if anybody was a, is interested, and I think they should be, and I think you can answer, is how you build a physical bit, because it's a physical bit, not a verbal bit. And I noticed there's so many different beats to it. Yeah, it's what it's about. But someone could do what you do in 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 your boobies video, and it wouldn't be funny. But the way you do it, you keep making it funnier and funnier and funnier. And when we come back at the break, we're going to talk Thank about you. boobies and Francis DiLorenzo. You're listening to This American Podcast Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com.
the point is we're back. Point That's point the is. whole entire point. <laughs> the point is you're listening to This American Podcast Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com. Uh, a couple things I just found out. Uh, very excited to announce right now exclusively here on ComedySchoolsRadio.com. I am going to return engagement at the Old Town Ale House in Casa Grande. Wow. We just, uh, and you know what's cool is they wanted me to work a certain date, and I said I can't do it because I'll be out of town, and they moved the date. Wow, that's oh. flattering. June 2nd, I'll be at the Old Town Ale House in uh, Casa Grande, Arizona. Tell your neighbors, tell your pals. Uh, take a trip. I'd, I'd Airbnb a house in Casa Grande just to see this show if you don't live there. And then June 4th, I'm at uh, Randy Hausner's uh, um, uh, Clean Comedy USA show. Uh, at the uh, Mountain View Rec Center, which is a hot show. So I'm, uh, you know what? I'm back in demand on small independent shows on off nights. That's fantastic. It is. So, uh, but I thought we wanted to give Roy at the Old Town Ale House a shout out. But now I want to get back to this. I don't know if I want to talk about boobs or Buffett's. Gosh, what a combination. Okay, so, yes. Actually, boobs and Buffett are tied together. So It wasn't an old song. Boobs and Buffett's boobs. It was not. <laughs> it, it, that's, that's a lie. That's a new sitcom that's coming out. They go together mm-hmm. like... So you, um, vagina and oh, vagina and my paycheck. So uh, I don't know. It's off the top of my head. There, I don't get paychecks. I'm an independent contractor. I make no money. Um, so here's what I want to ask you about. You have this YouTube video that is a hit called Boobies, and no, it's called Homemade Implants. It's called Homemade Implants. I nicknamed it Boobies. Yeah. So that's homemade I, implants. If you Google homemade implants, you'll see it all over the place. Yes, and and, and they're all over the place. <laughs> so it's a physical comedy bit. Yeah. Okay. And what you do is you put on a shirt over the shirt you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you kind of tuck the uh, uh, you tuck the sleeves of that shirt into your pockets. And then what you've actually done is put your arms under so that you then stick them out so it looks like you have mag ginormous breasts. Breasticles. Breasts. As they used to call it on Mad TV, you it must has have been copyrighted. Do not copy the bit. You copyrighted the bit? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And it's but it's signature, so you shouldn't steal it. It's funny as all get out. Thank you very much, and I like how you broke it down for me, as if I've never heard of it. <laughs> well, I was breaking it down for for the listening. <laughs> oh, yeah. is that how this thing yeah, works? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, people we, out there. There are people out Hello. there. Surprisingly enough, even to us. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we have uh, we have uh, p- listeners all the way in um, uh, Bangor, Maine. So um, where is that? It's in Maine. Oh, <laughs> Bangor. <laughs> so uh, I didn't hear the ending. Not only is it near Maine. Bangor, Maine. I thought it was the one word. I thought it was Bangor, Maine. Bangor, Maine. I Bangor, think it Maine. is. Yeah. That's why I didn't know. No, like, where is it's it? It's a scalp disease. And then you got to be condescending yeah. to me, which is just like old times. It is. <laughs> Uh, you know, if I'm not condescending to you, that means that I'm not talking to you. That so, you don't uh, respect me, that you don't respect I don't realize me. that I'm condescending. It but, was a very lovable I am, condescending. Uh, I am, I'm lovably condescending. That's what it says on my bio. He's lovingly <laughs> condescending <laughs> to everyone he meets. That's a, that's a great catchphrase. I said uh, my wife the other day was something, and I made fun of something. She goes, you're making fun of them a lot. I go, if you're making fun of them. And I go, if I'm not making fun of you, I don't like you. And she goes, well, you must love me very much. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I want to talk about your video. I want to talk about the bit. 
which is, did it start out as just like, how did you start out with that, coming up with the idea for that? You bit? know, goofing around. I was uh, at, um, do you remember Randy Butler from uh, the Bahia down in San Diego at the time? Yeah, Were vaguely. Yeah. Remember that? Okay, so he was running that. Then he moved to Dallas and started his own clubs, which are, people might know, I think it's called Hyenas. That's where I know Randy from, because yeah. I went down to see about buying Hyenas once when I owned is my club. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's Hyenas and then another one, Club 604 or something. Yeah. I don't know. He had two clubs uh he's still down there and he has clubs so anyways uh i'm working there and uh pre-show i was just goofing at the back of the club with him and obviously making fun of myself because i'm very small on top and i was just like god what if i had brass it'd be so you know and i put my hands in my shirt and i just kind of oh this is what i'd look like and we're just playing he's like i oh, he was laughing his butt off so he's like i dare you to go on stage so I was like, okay. So I'm like, turn on some music. I tuck the sleeves in. I walk on stage and I just start goofing. I had no bit. I had no jokes. I had nothing. But the response was so overwhelming to the the, the visual of it. So I the next night I went on. I did, you know, instead of four seconds, it lasted 10 seconds. I just kept building it. And then eventually I... I actually customized the jacket so it looked even more believable. I wrote the jokes and then I was opening with it. I couldn't even follow myself. Everybody says, somebody said, you need to close with that. And I'm like, how could I possibly close with it? Because it'll give it away. Yeah. Um, but I knew that I should be closing with it. Yeah. I just didn't know how. But I don't know who said that. But I thought that's just a really good comment. But how do I make that happen? And I realized that I can actually kind of get it on after talking to people and set it up. And it, it went, you know, it happened. That's the video that we saw, the one that's on Comedy Time. Yeah. Jan yeah. Smith's Comedy Time. Yeah. yeah. So John Gregory is going to be on John Jan Smith's Comedy Time. I just thought I'd point that out. So uh, Is he one of the guys from the contest? Yeah. Oh, great. That I chose Michael Longfellow. No, no, no. I love Michael Longfellow. Both of them. <laughs> both of them. I'm, I'm very close. I, I, I met both of them when they were starting out. He's both of them. Oh, yes, yeah. Well, I we like see him a lot. Who your favorite is? No, <laughs> going no. back to my theory. Going both back to your theory winners. that uh, yeah, uh, so they're winners. Uh, they're both winners. They're both winners. Mm. Uh, so, how long have you? What's the longest you've ever gone with that bit now, with a physical bit? What do you mean longest? Like what, how long uh, have yeah, I milked that bit? Yeah, so to speak? yeah. Have you milked the boob bit? <laughs> <laughs> how long have you milked the boobies? <laughs> ah, you back on FM radio. We're talking about milking boobies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it all depends how, you know, how, when I have a huge crowd and I mean, if the laughter is, you know, I, you know, I play it, I dance it up a little bit, but I mean, it, I mean it's about a five minute bit. I tell you what came to mind. I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest with you okay. and, and this is going to embarrass you, oh dear. Uh, but in a good way, what came to mind is I was watching a bit. Okay. It reminded me of something that I haven't seen anybody be able to really pull off for long. The last person could pull off that sort of thing with a physical bit was Jack Benny. Jack Benny knew uh -huh. Jack Benny knew how to set up a joke, do the joke, and then just off a of physical movement, mm -hmm. be able to get the laugh going for three or four or five minutes with barely saying another word. Mm. And that's what it reminded me, not that it reminded me of a Jack Benny bit, but that someone could go up there with a physical bit and just keep, once the laugh started dying, just do one other little thing. You gotta if you, if you're listening, you gotta you gotta uh, tell them what the name of it is. Homemade implants. Homemade implants. Hit the official. It says homemade implants yeah. official. You'll go right to it, or just Google Funny Francis. You'll be on my website, and then you'll find it on YouTube. Dot, YouTube, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm on YouTube. I'm sorry, and then you'll find uh, homemade implants. Yeah. That, um, that's what it remind. That's what came to you. mind that's as I watched it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. See, I'm I not think, um, just a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think that uh, I forgot what I was going to say, so go on, Tony. Yeah, see, you know what it is? You know why I never compliment you? You can't take one. That's why. I, I know. I would spike oh, whoa, whoa, compliment you and you go, no, not really. Uh, no, no, I just thought, like, to myself, um, 
you know, it's just like, you know, doing the bit and yeah, you're just adding one thing after another, which is just fun. I mean, it evolves just like a written bit. I yeah. think it evolves just like a written bit. As a matter of fact, you know, I've been doing that for quite a while and, um, and now I'm adding stuff to it. And you were asking how long it is. I think I was, that's what I was doing. I was thinking about how long it is on YouTube. I think it's like four minutes or something. Yeah. Um, so, but then of course when, you know, um, I'm, I'm in a theater or on a ship or something like that and I have the freedom to, you know, play with it. I, I have added even some other stuff to it. I'm kind of like doing the sequel, so to speak on, you know, cause I keep thinking like what else could come of this? And so that's, that's just a great way to, you know, stretch yeah. the comedic mind you know, visually and verbally, what could come come out of this as well, so. Have you had anybody try to rip it off? Yes, and that's yeah. why I said what I said yeah. earlier. Uh, maybe a bit of protectiveness, but I will say this, I've done it on television a number of times. Yeah. So it's basically, like, obviously it's my signature bit. Um, I did it on, geez, I did it on TV, like in 94, I think. Yeah. Um, it's clearly, it's clearly registered online with my you know uploads i have seen a at first i kind of got really like panicky you know my mark curry from sure. uh, he came up to me i worked with him once and he's like oh my god he goes you've got he goes copyright that thing you got to protect it you got to protect it but i talked to an attorney friend of mine and he said look if there's ever an incident he's like i will represent you in a heartbeat and uh he's like there's no way that yeah uh, with this day and age on youtube with television appearances, um, I had, you know, that I can't protect myself. I had some woman, I got real, she, real snotty. Normally it's not, people are not snotty. Some yeah. comedian, you know, from the East Coast, she put down on my, you know, this is back when I paid attention to every single comment. It's like, ooh, this looks like a, whatever, peaches something ripoff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I thought, oh my God, is somebody else doing this? So I emailed her and I texted her and she was just a, a bitch. She's yeah. like, well, I didn't. I'm like, really? I go, well, where's your stuff? I go, if this is your bit, where is it on YouTube? Where? Oh, I don't upload my good stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, then keep working in your basement and performing <laughs> for your grandmother and grandfather. You know what I mean? And call yourself a pro. But, I mean, she was just snotty about it. But then... As they say, um, you know, uh, what is it? Mockery is the form of com uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's form a serious flattery. form of flattery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So imitation, imitation. Yeah, not mockery. <laughs> Can I finish my coffee? I just can't. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> Where is that place in Maine? <laughs> Anyways, uh, northern Maine. She said um, there was another woman. I, all of a sudden, I saw it. It said uh, Cougar's version of homemade implants. There's this lady who did it in a senior home contest, but she actually took my audio and she is lip syncing to, <laughs> to my voice. She is lip syncing to my voice and she's got it down pat and she does my bit. She's studied my video, she's got it down, but she actually used my audio and she's lip syncing. And I was like, oh my gosh, at first I was like, I'm gonna, and I thought, you know what? That is just so darn cute. And yeah. you know. It's like someone learning like a Iron Maiden song or yeah. a Def Leppard song and playing it. I gotta play this for the talent show. Sure. I'm gonna play this, yeah. my favorite song. Uh, I, had, I had a bit, Megan, uh, and I won't even get into it too deep because if someone more famous than I kind of took it, but I knew that they didn't take it. There was an opening act I worked with who then saw this physical bit I was doing and said, can I do that on the road? It was like a young guy. Was, I go, no, it's my bit. And I kind of then saw the bit done by him. And I realized that this guy now was opening for that guy. Oh. And it was one of those things where I go, I, now I can't do the bit. 
because now I look like I'm being derivative right. of this and more you famous guy. Wrote it. Yeah, so it just I said, well, I got to write something else. I got to write something else. But you know that's true. But I mean, I think that's a sensitive thing with comics, right? Sure. Like, we're always very protective of our material because we're vulnerable. But um, I think that there's certain things that I've I've kind of come to peace with because I think comic minds do think alike and so I have had other incidents where I've written a bit and then all of a sudden I'm like oh so and so is doing the same thing yeah um, like one time I wrote a bit about drive-through weddings in Vegas and uh-huh. um, and I was like oh that's my bit but then I like saw Joan Fagan do something like that and then I realized or, or it was somebody else and I realized you know well of course that that's a natural setup so of course they're gonna think of it they're going to do it. Um, I had another, um, this one made, made me cringe. I was uh, sitting at the Comedy and Magic Club in, uh, in the green room with Mike Lacey, the owner, and, and, and Richard. And, and they were all raving about Mary Ellen Hooper did The Tonight Show. She did The Tonight Show. And she yeah. did, oh, my gosh, her writing is so good. And she did this whole bit about throwing a surprise wedding. And I went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Great timing. I just got a, a, a call tweet. from Mary Ellen Hooper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. And I was like, oh my God, I did that on Evening at the Improv. Yeah. Like, five years prior and here I'm listening what a great writer she is and it just made me cringe because I thought like you know geez why am I not getting you know the pat on the back I wrote the bit not that she stole it from me she wrote her own bit it was very similar bits but mine had even been done on television prior to her so I just zipped my lip because I thought you know what this is a battle it's not worth fighting I wrote my own bit I know how strong it is she probably went down that creative thinking path herself she came up with a bit she got on the tonight show before I did so whatever let it go and move on however like the homemade implants bit, yeah. that is very signature. So yeah. if someone were to do that, that is so signature and so unique that that to me would definitely be um, stealing material. Sure. Well, you know, you know, there's, there's, a, if you're thinking about weddings, you know, it's like, if you think about weddings, and then you're gonna go, well, well, how am I gonna say something funny about weddings? I can talk about people drunk at weddings, or people getting jilted at the altar, or any, any of those things, or are people screwing up the vows? But then, as a comic, you're going, all right, that's all been done. What can I then? put together with it that's going to juxtapose in a surprise wedding, a shotgun wedding, whatever was a surprise wedding, whatever right. was a secret wedding. Hey, I didn't even know we were married. You know, you, yeah. So while you're doing that, hundreds of other comics are doing that too, but you're right with this, with this bit that you're, that you're talking about with uh, homemade implants. It's like, even if they thought of it, no one did it. No one took it to the degree that you have. Yeah. And it, it's just a cool bit. Uh, wow, those are names. You know, Joan Fagan. We had Joan out here a couple times with her Three Blonde Mom tour. Oh, is that you right? Know? Yeah. I had her at, uh, I had her at uh, uh, the, the comedy capital of the world, Dave & Buster's, back in oh 2010. So uh, <laughs> that's right. We booked Dave & Buster's. I love it. But uh, you know, uh, we both know people that are famous in the entertainment world. Uh-huh. But you know someone who's famous not in the entertainment world who everyone knows. And that person is... Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. Not Jimmy Buffett. No. They're not related either, right? They're not related, but that's funny that you say that because I was just there last weekend, as a matter of fact, and Jimmy Buffett was there, and I met the real Jimmy Buffett, and I was kind of dumbfounded because I'm like, is it the real Jimmy Buffett or is it just another guy named Jimmy Buffett, you know? So it was one of those moments where- Like a Jimmy Buffett tribute guy. Well, I was at the the Buffett's house. No, and- Warren Buffett's house. Susie Buffett, his daughter. Susie Buffett. His daughter. So they were having a party there. And the caliber of people that are there, I'm still shocked of why am I in this circle. But, I mean, because... Maybe they're going to kill you and eat you. Did you ever think about that? Mm, I don't know. 
It'd be quite a feast. It's a really good way to go out. So you're friends with Warren Buffett. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and that's kind of bizarre to say, but uh, it's true. And it all happened last year. I got uh, I got a call to do uh, a gig in Omaha, and I said, "How did you guys find me?" And they said, uh, "Warren Buffett's daughter found you online," and and she said, "We've got to hire this girl." And I was like, "Oh my god," you know. And actually, that's my joke. I said, yeah. "Oh my god," you know, because I was thinking like Warren Buffett's daughter. I'm like, tell her to tell him I love his music, right? Because I was thinking <laughs> Jimmy Buffett, and. Uh, <laughs> Um, so anyhow, um, showed I, up with a parrot on your head. I'm yeah, ready. <laughs> exactly. Margarita in yeah. one hand. Woohoo. Yeah. So, uh, I just thought like, I don't, I, you know, this is amazing, but I'll never actually meet him. You know, yeah. it'd be kind of cool if I actually met Susie Buffett. Like to me, that was like as close as I could get to even fathom meeting the, the Buffett family. Um, and so. I, you know, I just put, and people are like, oh, maybe I'll meet him. I'm like, that's not going to happen. Are you kidding me? He's so like, to me, this is like a god, you know, it's like meeting the Pope, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like I'm, oh yeah, I'm going to do a gig with the Pope. So um, anyways, two days before I go out there, I get an email that said, this is no joke. Scroll down and change your flight. I scroll down and it says Warren Buffett would like to take you out to dinner. Wow. And I about fell out of my chair. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> right. So the first thing I do is I Google, like how much does it cost to um you know uh go out to dinner with warren buffett people have paid 3.2 million dollars yeah 2.7 million dollars they have auctioned off a lunch with warren buffett so i was thinking like oh my god i hope he doesn't invoice me (laughs) (laughs) right so i was just like oh my god this is insane like why would he want to meet me and then all of a sudden i was like thinking and i'm looking and do you think it would maybe creepy no 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 i just your mind no, he does. Does he seem like the creepy guy to you? I was just. Those like, are the ones that are creepy. No, no, no. I didn't get creepy at all. I just was fat. I was. I couldn't fathom what how he even would know who I am or why he would want to have dinner with me. But so I'm trying to change my flights and everything like that. My phone rings and it's Susie Buffett, his daughter, and she said, uh, uh, "Hello, Francis. This is Susie Buffett. I don't know if you know what's going on around here, but." Uh, and I said, uh, I think uh, your dad wants to take me out to dinner. <laughs> I was yeah. like a 10-year-old. Yeah. Your dad? I didn't know if I should say Mr. Buffett, you know, yeah. the uh, Oracle of Omaha, I didn't, you know. And so she's like, yeah. She goes, I um, She goes, I went over to their house, and I told them that we had booked the comedian for Girls, Inc., and, um, and they heard it was you, and they flipped. They're like, oh, my God, Francis is coming to town. No way. You know, I told him his, his wife, and, and, and his wife was like, if Warren hears that she's coming to town, he's going to want to meet her. And I'm listening to this, and I almost dropped the phone. Like, number one, he knows who I am? Like, how does he know who I am? And then it's like he wants to meet me. So it uh, turned out my flight didn't get there on time. So... Uh, I was just like, oh, dang, so close. She goes, don't worry, it ends well. He's sending a jet to pick you up. Ow! So he sent a net jet, a private charter jet, to pick me up. I'm all by myself on this plane, and he (laughs) flies me. Isn't that, like, crazy? (laughs) I mean, the pilots were on the plane, but still. Okay, so there's two pilots. That's the important part, yeah. So he sends a jet to pick me up. I fly in. I was like, oh, my gosh, I meet him for dinner. I'm sitting at dinner with uh, his daughter and the best friend, Roberta, and, you know, having, you know, just small, getting to know you chat. And all of a sudden, the, the doors of the restaurants blow open, and it was, like, so surreal. Like, Warren comes flying in with his arms open, and he's like, Francis, you know, to give me this giant you would have thought that they were coming in to meet Madonna. And I'm like, you guys got this all backwards. You're the famous yeah. one. You're the impressive one. I am like, you know, 
uh, I just hang out with Tony Visick. Like, I, that's what I said. And, um, oh, he's condescending. I uh, know. And it's good for my ego. Right? So it keeps my skin thick. Um, so anyways, then we sit down, and, I, and then I, I thought, oh, we'll just, you know, it'll be a meet and greet. I'll have a few chuckles. But we hit it off like you wouldn't believe. It's like we had known each other for years, and we went from the few, uh, first few cordial questions, and then all of a sudden he's talking about the comedy bit, and and he says, "Wow!" He goes, "Yeah, I, just, I can't believe I didn't figure it out that it's in your hands the first time I the first couple times I saw it." And I go, "The first couple times?" He goes, "Oh yeah, but that was years ago." And I'm like, "You could have made me happy years ago." <laughs> <laughs> so we immediately had this amazing connection. And then he says, why don't you come to the office tomorrow? He's like, you should come to the office. And I was like, okay. So next day, I'm at Berkshire Hathaway. It's his office. I'm seeing everything I've ever read about. I'm seeing memorabilia from, like, insanely famous people. All this, you know, crazy and amazing stuff. And I, I, I'm still, like, my jaw's dropping. And then he wasn't supposed to be at the show because he had to do something in Chicago because of temperature or, or weather issues. It got canceled. So he comes to the show, and I basically roast him. And when I got done, um, they ushered him out so they wouldn't be, um, you know, whatever, um, mobbed. mobbed. And uh, so his daughter says, hey, my dad left a message for you on your voicemail. So I pick up the phone, and... He leaves me a message and plastics by plastics. No, nothing like that, right? No, no, no. <laughs> it wasn't. It was all actually what is. I can't say what it said. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was actually yeah. quite funny. Um, and so, anyways, it was hilarious. So I, I, I called him back. I was blown away. And then at the meeting, he's like, "Why don't you come back to the shareholders meeting in May?" And I came home. I told my husband, "I'm like." You know, he's not the type of guy to just say this frivolously. This yeah. guy is a brilliant man. He's very calculated. He knows what he's saying. Why am I acting like it was just a nonchalant? You know how you run into people and they're like, you know, we should get together for lunch. But, you know, nobody really means it. And, you know, yeah. it's never going to happen. I'm like, you know what? That wasn't that. And I'd be really stupid not to go. So I went and thinking and preparing myself like there's no way I'm not going to have this one on one time with him again. Um, so just make yourself busy. I'm going to be in the background. 40,000 people go into the shareholders meeting. Yeah. I had a chair with my name on it. There's like Bill Gates, Melissa Gates, Francis DiLorenzo. It was it was crazy insane. Very, God. very. Yeah. And then so I So do you have any stock tips for us, Francis? No. You know, right I now? don't you even. Got you know a hot what? penny stock? Everybody asked that. Everybody yeah, asked that. Of course you're going to ask that. Yeah. yeah. I, we don't talk that. We don't talk stocks. I, you know. <laughs> I don't talk stocks with Warren Buffett. From I know. a 50-seat room called the Court of St. James in Orange County to have an, a chair with your name on it at the Berkshire Hathaway meeting yeah. and be a pal around Warren Buffett. I think this is one of the reasons that you don't realize when you start doing stand-up comedy when you're just a kid and go, you know, I'll go and tell some jokes, maybe that uh, uh, you get to do these incredible things. Yeah. And uh, you have to admit, of all the incredible things you've had the chance to do, coming and doing my podcast... Is so is much better than so Warren much Buffett. Be, so much better than Warren Buffett, yeah. So and riding the bus over here was awesome. Thanks for sending that uh, city bus. Anytime. To pick me up. Well, not anytime. You have to look at the schedule. So uh, right. we got to wrap up. Unfortunately, listen, if you want to see Francis and you want to see Francis, and I just want to tell you, you want to go down and see this show. She was uh, funny when we started out, and she's 10 times funnier now, and you will enjoy every minute of it. You want to see her at the House of Comedy this weekend. Two shows tonight. 
Two shows tomorrow. One show Sunday. You doing the Sunday show? You bet. Okay. Make it a date night, people. Yeah, make it a date night. Grab you, your person. Come on out. You will have a fun time. It's at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, 5350 East High Street. Find out all about it at houseofcomedy.net. For our producer, Shirley Visick, Rob the Intern, we want to thank everybody who listened, and we want to thank our guests today, Francis DiLorenzo, and, of course, Mandy the Baby Maker. My name's Tony <laughs> Visick, and uh, we will talk to you very soon. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.